0: All right, so we have been going through some different personalities, some different characters that we see in the Bible. Talked about Adam, talked about Eve, talked about Abraham, talked about Isaac, talked about Jacob. And so tonight we're going to be looking at the person of Joseph. What we've been doing all along is asking three questions Who were they? Why do we know them? And then what lessons do they teach us? So the story of Joseph goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 30. So if you want to make your way back there to Genesis 30, and then it's really um, about 37, 36 is where the rest of the story really picks up at um, chapter 37, chapter 36. So... Think about the character of Joseph. Think about the three questions. Um, Not necessarily about why we know about Joseph as far as the stories, but factual. Things like Miss Scotty said that they would be saying at his eulogy. What do we know about Joseph? Who was he?
1: Father of Jesus.
0: Well, yes, but a different timeline. So Joseph, yes, was the father he was the the father of Jesus, but this would be the Joseph that we see in the book of Genesis.
2: slavery
0: Yes, ma'am. Okay.
2: He was the eleventh of Jacob's sons. Okay. E. The elder son of the beloved Rachel finally had
0: Right. Okay. Okay, so where was he at in the birth order? Eleven? Eleven. Everybody says eleven? Okay. Would anybody say twelve?
2: twelve?
0: Well, yes. But, so like if you get there to... Uh, la, 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 la. Chapter thirty and blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> verse twenty one. It says, "Afterward, talking about Leah, afterwards she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah." It's a trick question. I understand. And then in verse twenty two, it says, "Then God remembered Rachel and she conceived with Joseph." So, yes. Technically, he is the eleventh son, but just trivia. He is the to sneak down there. yeah. It was it was a, it was a set shift for failure kind of thing. <laughs> but actually, in actuality, he was the twelfth child born to Jacob. So we realize that he was one of the twelve sons of Jacob. Right? We talked about last week about Jacob and about him having the children. He had four wives, and so you had Leah, you had Rachel, you had Bilma, and you had who? Remember the fourth Zilpha? So remember? So, so you had Jacob. And we talked about the whole story about him. So now we get to Joseph. Okay, so he is Jacob's son. He is the oldest son of Rachel. Rachel, which was Jacob's or Joseph's, Jacob's favorite wife. She had two children, so she had Joseph and who? Benjamin. Benjamin. All right. So she had two children. So we know that he, who his daddy was. We know who his mama was. Was he married? Benjamin. All right. Who was he married to? Anybody know? If you want to cheat, you can go to chapter 41 and verse 45. And it will give you the name of his wife. Kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but... Eventually, Joseph finds himself in a position of prominence in Egypt. And when he gets there, it says in chapter 41 and verse 45 that Pharaoh gives to Joseph a wife who her father was Potipharah, the priest of On. And so he gave Joseph an Egyptian woman by the name of Asenath. Maybe maybe you can pronounce it a little differently. Maybe Scotty, with she's thinking about different words. But... <clears throat> A-S-E-N-A-T-H so Asenoth maybe would be a way you could say it But so he had a wife did he have any children? Ephraim and Manasseh right so you see this out of chapter 41 and verse 50 through verse 52 it says that not only was Joseph given a wife there in Egypt but then that wife had two children Manasseh and Ephraim. Does anybody know what is significant about Manasseh and Ephraim? Later on in the inheritance and later on in the genealogy. Does anybody know what is significant about them?
2: Well, they they split Joseph's inheritance. That's right. One of them was a good
0: guy and one was a bad guy, and I don't it <laughs> that's, that, that's right. So, eventually, whenever the other 12 tribes, each one of those tribes, they got their inheritance, right, except for the Levites. But then, when it came to the lineage of Joseph, they gave half of Joseph's lineage to Manasseh and half of his lineage to Ephraim, right? Where normally it would just pass to the oldest son. So, they split his, his uh, legacy, split his inheritance up two different ways. Mm-hmm.
2: Manasseh had property on the east side and the west.
0: side. That's right. They there was a half tribe on one side of Jordan and the half That's right. Yes, sir. Any other factual data that we know about Joseph that comes to your mind?
2: Well, he was put in prison because of the Pharaoh's or Somebody he was uh, chasing after her, so he got put in prison.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Alright, so let's we'll just fast forward then to the why do we know about Joseph? So we may know the son of Jacob, husband, father, son of Rachel, kind of the factual dad about Joseph. But why do we know about Joseph? So if you're sitting here and you're familiar with the name of Joseph out of Genesis, why do you know that name? Give me some things. So you talked about the fact that he was put in prison. What are some other things that we know about Joseph?
2: Well, he interprets dreams.
0: He interpret dreams?
2: He's put in charge of the court and all the dreams
0: and all that. Okay. All right. What else?
2: Father's favorite.
0: Father's favorite. That's right. So if you go all the way back to chapter thirty-seven, what you will see start to unfold there is you will see a family drama begin to take place. Chapter thirty-seven and verse thirty-two or verse two. It says Joseph was seventeen years old. He was out with some of his older brothers. Whatever his older brothers did, he didn't like. He came back. He tattled to daddy. Daddy got the older brothers in trouble. So that started a whole series of... Oh, there Now there's conflict between them, right? So there's conflict between them. We see that happening in chapter 37. Then you get dead down. In verse 5 down through verse 11, and you see Joseph has some dreams. And in these dreams, he interprets it as his brothers and his parents will bow down to him. 17, 18 years old, he tells his brothers that. That makes his brothers even more indignant because they say, you think we're going to bow down to you. That chance. Not going to happen. Fast forward a little ways, and because he is his father's favorite, because he's Rachel's oldest, and Dad makes him a special garment. And in that time, it was considered a, a mark of royalty, a mark of specialty, a mark of importance. When you had a colorful robe as as an outer garment, and not only did Jacob make him a brightly colored outfit, but it was a multi-colored outfit. And this is the way I think about it. Does anybody ever remember nudie suits? Is that your question? No, uh nuty Nudie suit. Not D, not N-U-D, no, that's not a suit, that's a a new suit. N-E-W-T-Y. I E W T Y. H
1: again
0: now. Okay, so So years ago in the country western scene this scene there were these scenes called a nudie suit. N e w t wise, I think the way they pronounced it. But so you hear, you hear that you hear it talked about in songs with Alan Jackson, Little Richard, Dixons. Um, you just hear some of these people talk about a nudie suit. But what marked them was there was a lot of rhinestones and there was a lot of pizzazz, a lot of glamour. All right. So these suits, it was not just your regular standard suit. This thing had a lot of bling on it. <laughs> Well, I mean, similar, but I mean, there was just a very ostentatious, a very loud, it was a very, hey, look at me, look at all the sequins, look at all the bedazzle, look at all the rhinestones, look at all the gems. And so it was almost like who could be the most outlandish in the suits that they would wear. The reason why they are called Nudie suits was because the guy that designed them, his last name was Nudie. So when I think of a coat of many colors, I think of something that as Joseph was walking around, he is screaming, I'm spoiled. I'm entitled. I'm daddy's favorite. I'm the baby. I mean, it's one of those things you just it, it, it says something without saying something. Does that make sense? So, <clears throat> Jacob makes him this coat, gives it to Joseph. So Joseph is running around, walking around with this thing, and he's feeling like he's pretty slick. <clears throat> Then in chapter 7, towards the last part of chapter 37, he went to check on his brothers again. And as he's going, his brothers see him, and this is verse 18. They see him at a distance and say, we know who this is. They take him, take the coat off of him, throw him in the hole. Later on, they're down there and they're eating supper, they're eating lunch, whatever it is. They see the tribe of... The Ishmaelites coming by, they pull him back out, remember? They sell him into slavery, they go back, then comes Reuben, thinks he's going to get him out of the pit, let him go. Anyways, they realize that they've sold him into slavery with the Ishmaelites, now he's headed down to Egypt, so then they take the coat, and what do they do with it? See, my remember? Dip they dip it in blood, and then they come to Jacob and say, hey, we found this, implying that he was killed by wild beasts along the way, and now Jacob goes into a st- of mourning because he feels like his son has been killed. Now what I find to be fascinating is, is if you're imagining that you're the other ten you're the other ten sons for years you know about this. For years you know the truth and you never say a word. Sometimes we think that there are things that we do in secret that no one will ever find out about. And as you find out later in the story of Joseph, secrets always come out. So, one of the reasons why we know about Joseph is not because of his, color of many, his coat of many colors, He is sold into slavery, as Granny was saying. And then you get down to chapter 39, and it has the story about him being in Potiphar's house. Now, as he gets down to Egypt, the Ishmaelites then sell him. He is bought by Potiphar, who is a high ranking soldier. And Pharaoh's army um, puts him to work. Joseph shows himself to uh, be excellent in his management and in his care, and so Potiphar promotes him, promotes him, promotes him. Next thing you know, Potiphar's wife she has a hots for him. She tries to have a, a adulterous relationship with him. He won't do it. She's not happy, so she claims that he tried to rape her, and has him tells the husband. And it says that <clears throat> verse, chapter 39, um, verse 20, And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. Now I went back and was trying to put together a timeline. So we know back in chapter 37 that he was 17 years old. We know that later on when he's in front of Pharaoh, he's 30 years old, but we really do not know exactly how long he was in Potiphar's house. We don't know exactly how long he was in prison. We know that he was at least in prison for two years, which we're going to see in a minute. We really don't know exactly how many days, weeks, months, or years he's been in that confinement. But he's down there in Egypt. He's far away from his family. Been sold into slavery. Now he's in Potiphar's house trying to be a good servant. Trying to do what he's supposed to do. Gets falsely accused. Now he is in prison. What happens when he gets into prison? Before that. You might remember what happens while he's in prison before that. So, as he gets there in prison, it says there in uh, verse 22 of chapter 39, and the keeper of the prison Um, put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who are in the prison. So he gets into Potiphar's house. Potiphar says, hey, you have an ability to manage and to be an administrator and to take care of my stuff. Elevates him to be in charge of the entire house. He gets falsely accused, gets put in prison. And what happens when he gets in prison? The guy that's in charge of the prison sees the ability in Joseph and begins to promote Joseph until Joseph's pretty much second command in prison. I don't know if that's something to brag about, but that is something that just shows the character and the integrity of Joseph. If Spence would have got put in prison after he got sold into slavery, I can foresee that Spence would have a really bad attitude. I would probably be having a pity party for myself and I'd probably be swelled up over there in the corner saying, I don't deserve any of this. Woe is me, poor, pitiful me. But what you see out of Joseph is you see that Joseph says, no, I'm in this position. I will be faithful and I will work in the job that is in front of me. So it says in chapter 40, in verse 1, Sometime after this, we don't know exactly how long he was in prison, but after that, as Sabrina said, that's when the cupbearer and the baker got thrown in prison. Again, it says in verse 4 of chapter 40, and they continued for some time in custody. So we don't know how long it was Joseph and the cupbearer and the baker were together. But at some point, both of those men have a dream. They're troubled about their dream. Joseph says, hey, I had a dream. I interpreted it. I'll interpret your dream. So they tell him the dream. He says, here's what's going to happen. One of you all will be restored. The other one will be dispatched. Remember this? So one is going to be restored back to his position of service. The other one is going to get his heads chopped off and he's going to die. So he looks at those three men and said this is going to happen in three days. But then he told them, hey, To the cupbearer, this is verse 23 of chapter 40, he says, but when you get back into Pharaoh's house, please give a good word for me, I'm falsely accused, not supposed to be here, haven't done anything wrong, and you can imagine the cupbearer is like, yeah, you got it buddy, no problem, I'll make sure and talk you up to the, the, the king, I'll make sure and talk you up to Pharaoh. Then you get to chapter 41. In verse 1, after two whole years. So it's hard for us to really know exactly the timeline, but you can imagine Joseph had properly interpreted the dreams, told the cupbearer, asked the cupbearer, don't forget about me. The cupbearer said, oh, I'm not going to forget about you, buddy. And then for the next two years, Joseph is still sitting there in prison. He is still languishing away in prison, having been forgotten, having been abandoned, having no one to have a concern or care for him except for God. So it says in chapter 41, Pharaoh has a dream. Nobody knows how to interpret the dream. About that time, the cupbearer is like, I know a guy. So they go out, get Joseph, give him a shave, Give him a bath, put on a new set of clothes. He comes into Pharaoh, (coughs) properly interprets the dream to Pharaoh. And then, as soon as he interprets the dream, Pharaoh then says, so what do you recommend we do? He gave Pharaoh an entire plan on how he then should proceed over the next 14 years. Seven years of the good years, seven years of the famine years. Tells him this is how you should proceed. And it says in chapter 41, in verse thirty-seven, this proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, "Can we find a man, find a man like this, and whom in whom is the spirit of God?" So Joseph is sitting there, and this is the way it thinks about it in my head. He had breakfast in prison. He's having lunch in the palace, and he eventually has supper in a residence in a place of his own, as the second in command in all of Egypt. He woke up as a prisoner forgotten, woke up as somebody with no hope and with no future in the eyes of a lot of people, and he went to bed having all the power and authority as the person second in charge of the greatest kingdom, the greatest government, the greatest group of people on the face of the earth at that time. Talk about a big change of fortune. Talk about a big swing of, people may call it luck or fate or whatever you want to call it. The idea that he woke up in a dungeon and he goes to sleep in the most comfortable California king size bed you can imagine. The big swing here goes on. This is chapter 41. So, he sets to work. Joseph sets to work. He puts the plan that he had given to Pharaoh. Seven years. They just stockpile the food, stockpile the food, stockpile the food. The seven years of famine comes. Everybody starts getting hungry. Joseph's the guy. He had set all this in place. And then you get to chapter 42. And... You're following the line of Joseph, and it's like those movies or those TV shows that it's following the character, and then like it pans back to a different scene or to a different time or to a different setting. So <clears throat> you follow along there in chapter 41, and then all of a sudden the camera angle then goes back to Jacob, his children, his household, and they're back in the land of Canaan and they're getting hungry. No food famine is on and about that time Jacob looks at his kids and says hey I've heard they got food in Egypt load up head to Egypt and get us food so that's chapter 42 so as it was customary when people would come in wanting to buy food from the Egyptian government they would have to come in before Joseph and he would ask them, he would set the price he would tell them who could get food, who couldn't get food, everybody had to go through Joseph. So as a story, and you can read this for yourself in chapter 42, Joseph is sitting there in the room here comes these group of foreigners wanting to buy food and as they come in, it tells us in verse 8 of chapter 42 in Genesis Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Now, we don't know exactly how long it had been. We know if you go back to chapter 37, he's 17 years old. You know by the time you get to chapter 42, he's 30 years old. What's the difference in years?
1: 13. 13, alright. It would be more than that because you'd already had your seven years of plenty
0: yes you're correct yes so he's actually 14 yeah so it could be 37 maybe 40 depending on where they came in the time of famine so we don't exactly know if it's been 20 years let's say let's just use 20 years as a ballpark because we know there was 13 between 17 and 30 seven years of plenty like Sabrina said so we're somewhere in the ballpark or 20 years it's been somewhere ish. 20 years since he saw his brothers. The last time he saw his brothers, remember, he had this coat of many colors. Remember, they took it off of him. Now, I am not a garment specialist of the Old Testament. But here's how my sanctified imagination thinks. You didn't have a lot of clothes that you wore underneath The robe. You pretty much that was what you wore. It was pretty much like going toga all the time. So let's say, let's say he was wearing some good old underwear, Hanes underwear underneath his robe. What do they do? They take the robe off. So now you got Joseph, and he is pretty much stripped down into his underwear. And they say you're heading out. So he spends however long on that Ishmaelite caravan, nothing but his underwear. The humiliation, the anger. Just everything. And then he gets to Egypt. He doesn't know what's going to happen to him. He's on the slave auction block. He gets bought by Potiphar. He gets in there. He finally gets some clothes. Tries to work his way up. Gets kicked in the mouth. Goes to prison. Works his way up. Gets kicked in the mouth. Finally he's up here in Pharaoh. Finally he has a position. And now 20 some years later. He's sitting there. And who comes walking in the room. But the 10 dirty scoundrels. That put him in the hole to begin with do you remember the Johnny Cash song my name is Sue do you remember that so in the the song Johnny Cash talks about going into the bar and seeing his dad he could tell by the scar what was it But the photo his mama had, the scar and his evil eye, whatever, he could tell that was his dad. And remember the song, he goes up to his dad. His dad does not recognize him. He recognizes his dad. And he goes up and says, my name is Sue. How do you do? Remember? The song takes off. So here's what I think about. So you got Joseph. Here comes these ten scoundrels. I don't know if he would have recognized. Well, Benjamin wasn't with him, so he wouldn't have seen Benjamin anyways. But here comes his ten brothers, and he recognizes them. They don't recognize him. And he's sitting there, and can you imagine all the emotions that might come into Joseph? All the thoughts that might come into Joseph. Now, he is second in command, so he has all the power to say, Arrest him put them in that jail cell that I've spent at least two years in, take them to Potiphar's house, do all the things that they did to me. But what did he do? Didn't
2: he excuse
0: himself and cried and had to come back? He did, yeah. So he did that. What else did he do? Get
1: Benjamin
0: as hostage for his it to come back. Okay. He sent it for his father, did he? Eventually, yes. Yeah. Did he He told
2: him he had to go back and find <clears throat> her brother.
0: Okay. Did he exact revenge on him? no. In no. fact, no. he blessed him. Why? Why did he bless him instead of exacting revenge on him?
1: Because
0: he was late and he's a good old guy. <laughs> I mean I think if if <clears throat> I think all of us in this room, we would probably say, Oh yeah, I would probably do something similar. But I think if we are honest with ourselves, but he's, we would all be sitting there wanting to get even. And he had the power to get even. He had the means to get even. And in our thinking, he had the right to get even.
2: Well, I think he may have been more concerned about his little brother and about his dad. Possibly. But if he punished these 12, he might not be able to see his dad and his any brother because he sent them back to get his brother yeah but as mad as I might be I'm sitting in a pretty sweet spot so joke's on you sucker I bet
1: you see the same as with that horse doing this to me I'm not putting her down out of anger I cannot let her go out into the world either to be sold or to be given away or to be rebred for her sake And I mean, I haven't cursed that horse yet, and I still feed her, but once she's finished with the baby, then she will get the vet, and it's not out of the anger, so I can understand how Joseph felt, you know? Now, like when she bit him, (laughs) I mean, that was pure rage, that wasn't anger, that was pure rage, and that's the only reason I got to stop him from really doing a number on it. wasn't a case of killing him. He just wanted to buy for her. She'd had enough of that when she was a baby. And you know, after he had calmed down, just like this, you can't go back and be dead. So why would he go back and he f- he mean to his brothers? He said, time to think about it. Maybe and God was on his side.
0: Maybe. Uh- I can't tell you what was going through his head. You're right. He had seven years of plenty. He's at least spent seven years um, having a pretty good life at this point. So maybe that has softened his attitude. I don't know.
2: Let's go back to his dream, too. He said they were going to bow down to him. Maybe, you know, you guys are here. You're going to have to bow down to him sooner or later. You know. Right. Sure. If you want food, you're going to have to beg for it. Sure. That's a
0: possibility. Do know Right. So the brothers come. He, if you remember the story, we're not going to read it verbatim. Remember, he accuses them of being spies. They say, oh, no, we're not spies. And they tell him, we have a father, we have a younger brother that's back home, and we have another brother that is no more, is what they say. Um, This is chapter 42 and verse 13. So they're they're telling this story to try to say we're not spies. And he says, alright, this is how you can prove you're not spies. He kept Simeon and he held Simeon in, in custody and said, the rest of you go back and you get Benjamin. When you come back with Benjamin, that proves that you were telling me the truth and I will know that you weren't spies. So, Not only does he give them the grain, but then he gives the money back into their sacks. So he doesn't take their money, gives their money back to them. They head back to Jacob, realizing along the way that they had their money returned. They get back to Jacob and say, here's the deal. He kept Simeon. We've got to take Benjamin back. And remember, Jacob is like, no way, Jose. I'd rather Simeon be lost instead of taking the risk of losing Benjamin. Okay? So, They rock along there, and then they run out of food, and they're out of food, and Jacob's like, hey, we need to get more food, and they say, we can't go back without Benjamin, because if we go back without Benjamin, then that will be a sign that we were liars, and we were spies, and we'll all be killed. So Jacob's like, nope, not going to happen. Then they get hungry, then Jacob changes his tune, and he sends Benjamin back. When he goes back, that's when Jacob, or that's when Joseph sees them, and then at that second trip is whenever he says he realizes, and you can imagine what's going through his head. So at this point, he takes his cup, has a steward put his cup in the sack of who? Benjamin, right? So then they take back off to go back to home. They've got all 11 brothers headed back towards the house. And then along the way, the servant of Joseph catches back up and says, You stole my master's cup, finds it in the sack of Benjamin. Remember? they all go back because the master or the servant said Benjamin's going to go back and he is going to be held in custody and he is going to be tried for the crime of thieving and taking the cup so that's when the brothers go back and they vouch for Benjamin and in fact I think it's even one of the brothers I think Reuben that says hey keep me and let my brother go and it's all a big test by Joseph to see if his brothers will stick up for the youngers now when they wouldn't before. In the midst of that, they're talking in Hebrew. They don't realize that Joseph can understand what they're saying. And then somewhere along that way, Joseph then breaks down. He reveals himself. And I can just imagine the thoughts Whatever he says, I am Joseph. And they're like, who? Joseph. Who? Your brother from 20 years ago. Oh, 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 I mean, you can just imagine the thoughts that go through their head. In trouble. We're in trouble. But he tells them, here's how this is going to work. Then, as you know, the story then goes on. Hey, go get dad. Go get the, the not, I guess, stepmoms. Go get my stepmoms. Um, go get the rest of the family. And they all then come back to Egypt, and they settle in the land of where? Goshen. Goshen. All right. So they settle in the land of Goshen, and then that is where you fast forward to Charleston, Heston, and the Ten Commandments. That's where Charleston Heston <laughs> picks up on the Ten Commandments. Is there in Goshen, and they have become numerous. Okay. Anything I missed of why do we know Joseph?
2: Well, it's just. Against him because he said that it was God's plan. So Joseph stayed very, very humble. Very humble person. But he
0: didn't blame it on his, what he did, what Joseph did. Right. Blame it on God. Right. Yeah. In fact, he uh, <clears throat> he says, "Where's it at?" He looks at his brothers and says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So he has a way of looking at it that God put me in this spot so that I could be in prison, so I can interpret the dream for the cupbearer, so the cupbearer could mention my name to Pharaoh, so that Pharaoh would call for me, so that Pharaoh would put me in charge, so that I could store the food, so that when you all got hungry, I could have food to keep you alive, and I could then resettle you in Goshen. So all of these things, even though they might have been miserable, things that I did not prefer, things that I would not want, God orchestrated all these events not only to save my family, to save my people, but then to provide for my family and to provide for my people. And I wish I could think off the top of my head exactly where that was at. But he he says that in the text where it was he was saying, hey, yes, at the time, I didn't like it. But now looking back, after 20, 30 years, I realize that God worked this out for Good. So he's able to look at them and say, hey, God had His hand all over this. That's right.
1: Chapter
0: Is it in chapter 50? Yeah. I thought it was in chapter 50 and verse 2, but then... Yeah, uh... Verse 20. Verse 20, right? Yeah. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I'll provide for you. Yeah. Because there were worried that after their father died, then Joseph was going to exactly revenge on him.
2: And so they tried to come to him and basically plead for mercy. And he said, no, this is meant. This what God did. Right.
0: All right. So, a few minutes left. What lessons? What lessons do we learn from Joseph?
2: Forgiving.
0: Forgiveness. Forgiveness.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. That God's on <clears throat> providence of
0: God. Providence of God. Mm-hmm. Perseverance. Perseverance. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. The best yes. So there's a phrase that keeps coming up. You go back to chapter 39, and there's a phrase that comes up multiple times that I think is telling about the life of Joseph. If you get to chapter 39 and verse 2, and it makes a statement. The Lord was with Joseph. Now, this is after Joseph has been with the Ishmaelites. He has now been sold in Potiphar's house. But as Moses is writing the story, he says the Lord was with Joseph. Then, in verse thirty-three, or verse three, his master saw that the Lord was with him. Verse twenty-one. But the Lord was with Joseph. Verse twenty-three. Because the Lord was with him. So it gives us this idea that even though Joseph was sold into slavery, even though he was far away from his homeland, even though he is far away from what he might consider to be the blessing of God, the favor of God was still with Joseph. Sometimes (coughs) Satan wants you and I to think that we are as far away from God as we could be. We have no idea exactly where God is putting us at any given time but we do know because God is what they call omnipresent which means He's always everywhere we do understand that we are never away from the presence of God we may not be in great fellowship with God and we may not be doing what's pleasing to God but we always understand that as long as we have the favor of God over our lives there can be a lot of yucky things that come into our lives a lot of difficulties a lot of struggles a lot of obstacles but none of those can overpower or take the place of the favor of God and right there in chapter 39 you see over and over again where it says the reason why Joseph was able to persevere the reason why Joseph was able to rise to the occasion the reason why Joseph was able to be humble the reason why Joseph was able to be successful the reason why Joseph was able to be faithful was not because how good Joseph was, but because the Lord was with Joseph. What a great testimony of the things that we can do when we have the Lord on our side. There's another thing that sticks out to me as far as a lesson, and that is that life is not always fair in the moment. That's not always what you want it to be. You look back on Joseph's life and you think, man... He's a teenager. He's kind of the favorite of daddy. He's got some nice clothes. Daddy's well off. He's doing well. Then he finds himself in the pit. Then he finds himself sold into slavery. Now he's over the charge of the entire house of Potiphar, so he starts to think, alright, I've worked, I've earned this, I have deserved to be here, and then he finds himself in prison. And over and over again, you see Joseph doing the right thing, only to have sand kicked in his face. There's a lot of times, not saying you, me, there's a lot of times I look at it and go, God, that's not fair. God, that's not what I want. God, that's not what... I think is right, God, that isn't fair. And there are a lot of things that may not seem fair in the moment that we may not see the providence or the working God for maybe years. Joseph gets sold into slavery. It was over 20 years before he realized how God was working all that together for one ultimate good. So he can say in chapter 50 and verse 20, hey, God met this for good because he's on the end of it. He's able to see looking back in the mirror. But yet, so many times when we're looking out for the windshield, we have a hard time in understanding just how God brought all these things together. The tendency the temptation is for you and I to bail out, get a bad attitude, slip into unfaithfulness, or just simply cry out in anger and bitterness towards God so it goes us good to remember that life is not often fair always fair in the moment and then it goes back to I think what Emma was saying about forgiveness what if Joseph had not been willing to forgive his brothers what would have happened they would have starved okay.
1: Okay
0: I guess not the whole in you would have died because he was survivor survive. He would have lost the favor of God. And you think about if he doesn't forgive his brothers, then his brothers don't go back and get his dad. and then you get over there to chapter 42 in verse. Buh, 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 buh chapter 42 and verse 6 when he's talking to them and you think is he going to forgive them? Is he not going to forgive them? Is he going to give them a break? Is he not going to give them a break? He recognizes him. They don't recognize him. And so you see this conversation going and to me whenever I read it it's not really clear because as the story is unfolding and he recognizes him it doesn't give you like a in parentheses, oh, Joseph's going to forgive them. Don't worry about it. You really don't know what's going to happen there for a few moments. But then you realize that he is going to show them grace. However, if he hadn't, then you wouldn't have had a situation like in chapter 46 and uh, verse 27. Let me back up to verse 26. Verse 26 this is talking about the entire household of Jacob coming into the land of Goshen. It says, All the persons belonging to Jacob who came into Egypt who were his own descendants, not including Jacob's sons, wives, were 66 persons at all. And the sons of Joseph who were born to him in Egypt were two. All the persons of the house of Jacob who came into Egypt were 70. Now, why is that significant? Back in chapter 42... If Joseph was not willing to forgive his brothers, then it is conceivable, possible, that you wouldn't have had then Jacob and his family then come into Goshen. So you wouldn't have had 70 people come into the land of Egypt. Then, 450 years later, how many people come out of Egypt? Remember? 600,000 600, men on foot, Right?
2: Well, it was God's plan. He he had he was building a, a people for Himself, and it was based on Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and these twelve son, these twelve tribes. That's so right. He wiped out those twelve brothers. God would have had to start it all over again with with somebody else to build His His country, His nation. That's his right. People for Himself. Uh-huh. These were His people. They were not going to be yeah, done away
0: with. That's right. But. My argument
2: is,
0: (laughs) you have the 70 coming into Goshen. You have the 600,000 going out of Goshen. You have the lineage that then carries, even today, with the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. All of these things, I argue, is the result and the legacy of one man in chapter 42 choosing to forgive when maybe the majority of us in this room would have said he was justified in not forgiving. Because it wasn't even a matter of him saying, I won't give you food. Or it wasn't a matter of him saying, I'm going to kill you. As much as he could have said, I'm not going to give you food. And the way that we get the impression that I get when I read through the story is, is they're starving to death over here in Canaan. The only reason why they're able to stay alive is because their food they're getting out of Egypt. So if they go to Egypt and Joseph says, hey... I'm not giving you any food. They go back. There's a real possibility they could starve to death over the land of Egypt, and Jacob and his whole descendants are then eliminated. And you say, Well, Spitz. That wasn't God's plan. That wasn't God's plan. Absolutely. But when we're reading the story, we can't see the next 2,000 years of history. All we can see in the story is what God is doing there. And Joseph, Joseph, was he thinking what God's plan is? I don't know. But what I think about is, you think about the legacy of one man being willing to forgive and the downstream effect of that one person's willingness to forgive. One of, one of, not the, one of the biggest obstacles we face as a society is bitterness, unforgiveness. And we hold grudges. And donkeys hold grudges against elephants. Elephants hold grudges against donkeys. OU holds a grudge against OSU. OSU holds a grudge against OU. The sheep people hold a grudge against the goat people. The goat people hold a grudge against the sheep people. It's like you always have this division and you have people that are constantly at odds. And if you get a group of people that are not at odds, there's always someone outside the group looking for an opportunity and seeing an opportunity then to put you at odds and to to divide you amongst yourselves, right? So we are always being attacked and we're always on the assault from people trying to divide us and to tear us apart. And yet you get there to chapter 42 and you had one man that chose to forgive and the legacy of his forgiveness. You know that I struggle with road rage. Bad. In fact, I think it's going to be a diagnosis before long, and then I will be able to get an excuse for it. But the idea that you know you get cut off in traffic, and the question is, is will you forgive or will you get even? Is that why you were
2: so forgiving or Daisy?
0: <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe. So when you think about the lessons, we think about the favor of God. We think about life not always being fair in the moment and we think about the legacy of forgiveness other thoughts